All right, all right, all right, guys. Welcome to the 47th episode of the Third Banner Pod. We have a new intro. Hope everybody liked it. I wasn't uh, ready. I was not ready for that. What's going on here? <laughs> I was watching your all's reactions. The only person that knew, I did tell Ty the other day because he wasn't going to be on here. So I actually sent it to him on Tuesday. Dude, that's pretty awesome. Man. I heard that. I was like, what the hell is that? Good what? job. That, that's that's impressive. I've been working on that all now. For those that listen on Spotify and on a on the on the listening apps, you're not gonna be able to see the video, but that was pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, hopefully we don't get dinged for that five seconds of Joker and the Thief at the end. But uh Ross can't we'll, hear we'll us. All right, great. But uh, uh guys. I have one thing, one comment to make about the game from Saturday, and then I'll let you guys take it. Uh, this is all I have to say right here. Fuck you, Kay. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they won. I mean, it's you don't have bragging rights, but I do think a lot of it is psychological with us. I think we had the better team, and we felt that way, but when they had some fight in them, which the Stoops teams have, then – you know, you have to understand that, and you just have to keep playing your game. Don't get tight. Don't get tense. I mean, how many times does Jawar Jordan fumble the ball? He rarely does. Uh, our kickoff coverage was awful on that play. Now, there was a missed hold, but it was just awful. Uh, it's it's not normal for us to have that bad of kickoff coverage. So it's one of those things where, you know, we got stuck in our heads, and, I mean, it's a learning thing. For the future, we can't we can't do that in the future when we play them. It's been far too long since we beat them. That's all I've really got to say about it. Connor, what do you think? I'll be honest. I watched a game on my iPad while I was at work, so um, I was multitasking. Um, but it ruined it ruined my day. It ruined the week. Um, the game really means nothing other than bragging rights. Who's playing in their conference tournament and who's or conference championship and who's not? It's what it comes down to. Yeah, we got. Did we got you, Ross? Can you hear us yet? Oh, you're muted. Uh, I mean, I I see your mouth moving, but can't hear any right. words. There we go. What about now? Yeah, there we got go. you. Um, All right. It, any it was, comments on the UK game? Well, I was just gonna say it was weird. I heard the intro. I thought that was awesome, and then I I heard like the the Jack Harlow thing just now, but I couldn't hear you all. I could hear when we were dubbing stuff in. It was weird. So, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, most every but you know everything's been said. You know, uh, was there at the game? I think all Louisville. It felt like all Louisville was there. Um, the, the atmosphere was awesome. You know, I was telling, I was telling my, my kids and my, and my kids have been to games before, but my son never really got to really enjoy Charlie. He, he was born October, 2012. And then we had the year of the Cardinal follow up right after that, oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like we win the sugar bowl and, 
you know, win the national championship. But I was telling him, I was like, this is how it used to be all the time. This is this is how it was. And this is this is Louisville football. So um, I'm glad that even though we lost that, you know, that we got we all got to experience that environment. It's been a long time. That was that was Notre Dame on like times 10. I mean, it was just wild in there. So it sucks the way that it happened. Um, you know, I still a Stoops team having zero penalties for an entire game is just outrageous. I mean, look, I mean, that's not the reason we lost the game, but I mean, I, I remember them calling one penalty on a defensive holding in, in the secondary and we made like a 25 yard play on that. So we declined it anyways. I mean, it was just, just completely stupid. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of past it. I'm over it. I'm looking forward to playing Florida state uh, Saturday. Yeah, let's transition right into that because I, I mean one it's, more thing it's, to say. I got okay. one more thing to say in regards to to the Governor's Cup. We got 366 days until we kick their ass in Common <laughs> Field Stadium. So I'm well, done. I'm, I'm done. done. I just want to see us do it before I say another word. That being said, it, that is a separate season in and of itself, and we are back to the season that we were having, and it's a very critical game. It does feel weird to come off of that game the way we did, and then have to go right back into like, okay, now, now, now we're in a one of the biggest games in the history of our football program, and a part of me doesn't feel like it is because we we had to focus so much time and energy on what in the world happened Saturday night. But now that we've moved on, I mean, we've got a conference championship. This is something that we have always strived to be in, and I don't think many of us thought it, it would happen in year one. I think we thought it could happen at the highest. If we reach our, our maximum potential, we, we could be in this game. And we did. So as far as the conference goes, you know, conference games. So all things considered, even with that bad pit loss, here we are. We're in the championship game against Florida State. And, you know, you can't ask for a better team to play against. It's not like it's a down year for the the, per, the team that, you know, if we, if we win the conference championship, nobody can say, well, you know, you want it in a down year. No, we beat a team that's undefeated and has shown very little weaknesses. Uh, they did struggle a little bit last week against Florida, but all things considered, rivalry game. I mean, Florida State's stacked. And we know their quarterback, Rodemaker, from last year. We know what he can do from last year. I actually he thought – our ass last year. I thought they played better when he came into the game last mm-hmm. year. And I thought we were going to win that game, and he was a huge reason why we did not win that game him and Wilson, who are both still there. And then, you know, they got Keon Coleman there as well, who is just a dangerous, dangerous receiver. And what I don't want to see is us kicking the ball off to him. I don't want to see it. I don't care where you kick the ball. You don't punt it to him. You don't kick it to him. And, you know, because they're, they're going to be a big enough problem on offense. We don't need to give him extra touches. Yeah. I, uh, you know, before we go any further, you know, I, I, uh, I just wanted to let you all know that um, I did find um, I did find my tights and, uh, you know, so we can go. We could go ahead with this podcast. So I found so you were them. late looking for your tights. I was yeah, looking for my tights. And, um, so, I, you know, I we've you know, is, we're here. So, I mean, thank play, God. Is Jawar going to have the right tights to play on Saturday? We hope so. We hope so. 
He can have mine. I'm not wearing any. <laughs> all right. No, seriously, we um, we're gonna get into all of that too. Like, just for recap, we're gonna get into Florida State. We do want to talk about some transfer portal rumors. It just it continuously changes. It's crazy, and a lot of that is because it's a business now. So you know, business deals change at the last second with new offers. Uh, so we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into Kenny Payne, his comments after the game, which were much more eventful than the game itself, if I'm being honest. But for now, you know, all of it's on the line Saturday night, and I don't know how you guys are feeling going into it, but me, I'm I'm a little bit. You know, I think I think Jeff Brom lives for these kind of games. I think he's going to have the guys turn around, ready to play. I do question if we have the horses to beat Florida State, though. I think they're stacked on defense. They got, you know, like I said, you know, you got Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson to throw to. You've got Benson, Trey Benson, the running back, six point one yards per carry. I would say he's the best running back we played all season. And we played a couple of really good ones. And one of them we stopped completely at Notre Dame. UK running back, we did a good job until the fourth quarter with him. So, you know, he he kind of he kind of lit us up in the fourth quarter. This is the Ron English de- in the defensive game to me because Florida State can rack up they have they have the players that really rack up a lot on us if we continue to play the way we have the last three weeks on defense. So to me, if I'm Coach Brom or I'm putting myself in his shoes. I'm calling out my defense more than anything in this game. I feel like this is a, like you guys need to show up, man. Because really, against UK, for example, if we had any defense at all, I feel like we win that game. And we just we just completely fold in the fourth quarter in particular. And you know, Virginia game, we squeaked out of that one. We got lucky, and in the Miami game, Jack Plummer has best game, and we won that game because of that, not because of the defense. So. You know, we've, we've shown some deficiencies on that side of the ball, and I think we really need to have them show up and show out on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I mean, the defense has definitely not played good the past probably three games. I mean, Brom was pretty critical and very uh, candid about that, you know, uh, after the game. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know how many fumbles we've had this year. I mean – Right. I mean, we've taken care of the ball in that regard all year to have two fumbles in this in one game. And literally, I mean, wasn't it back to back plays? I mean, it seemed like back to back. -back I mean, it was pretty close. I mean, it just I mean, just weird. Like those fumbles don't happen. The the Jawar drive, we were going to get points for sure. Mm -hmm. Like that was going to we were for sure putting up points there. And I mean, I felt like. You know, we were moving the ball when Plummer f- fumbled too. You know, on the sideline there. So I mean, it just they, they couldn't really up. stop. They couldn't really stop us either. So I mean, we it, stopped it, ourselves. That was the. Problem. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we it was an all around like we beat ourselves. And I I, I will give uh, Liam Cohen, uh, Kentucky's OC, credit. Um, in the fourth quarter, they they did find ways to get uh, Davis involved more and uh get him isolated on linebackers in the passing game and you know it just it, it just kind of hurt us you know so they they do deserve credit for that i will give them credit for that hopefully uh liam cohen is the next head coach of the los angeles chargers 
That would be the uh, well, would be the best. Yeah, thing. all that aside, I'm I'm That's I'm just weird. I'm all about at Florida State, man. I'm all focused on them, what we have to do. And like I said, I think on defense, we have to bring it. We have to show up and show out. We do have a backup quarterback, a guy that torched us last year. I hope Jarvis Brownlee is healthy. I hope he is. I know he played some in the UK game, obviously he had that interception, but right. he played sparingly. And and let's face it, last year he had the worst Florida's or he had the worst game against Florida State. And I think a lot of that's because he was emotionally jacked up. Talked a lot on Twitter before that game, wanted to show up and make a big impression. And I think he he kind of got into his head a little bit too much, overthought some things, got burned a lot. Now, don't get me wrong, Johnny Wilson is a really good receiver and he's hard to stop anyway. But I think he made it harder on himself. And I hope he's healthy enough to go out there and get some redemption for that game. And because we need him, we need him. I said we need him against UK. And sure enough, he did play and he made a, the biggest play of the game on defense. So there you go. Now, Ashton Gelati had a lot to do with that, but pressure in the quarterback. But, you know, Jarvis caught the interception, returned it so we could go out and get a score. But we need him healthy, and I don't know how healthy. Obviously, if he's not healthy, he's not healthy. But I'm hoping he is, and we we just need a bigger performance. We need the defense that showed up against Duke. We need a defense that showed up against Notre Dame and a couple of other teams on the schedule. And this is going to be our toughest task yet, but but we're going to have to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's weird too, right, because the flow of that game, uh, I know we said we're not going to talk about UK, right, but – what we need to happen is the same thing that we've had happen in wins all year. We start, we start fast, we get a lead, and then you know, usually everything just kind of clicks together. And that that happened Saturday. So um I, I it's just weird that that it I I said I was over it, but I get I guess I'm not. I'm still stuck on it. But looking at looking ahead to Saturday to get back on uh on topic. Yeah, we, we gotta move on. <laughs> I know, man. It, it's it, to get back on topic. I'm still not a believer in this this backup quarterback. Okay, like if he can. Did you watch the game last year when they played us? Yeah, I did, but I also know that I was never a big believer in that staff at all last. Any time they were here, okay. So I think it's one you can get guys that can come in once and come out and play a really hell of a game. I'd like to see if he does it again Saturday. Hats off to him. There's nothing else you can say. But I think we're going to be ready. Um, it is going to be a real test because you, you, it's going to be very hard to come back emotionally after how much juice and hype was put into last week. So uh, I hope they're ready. Uh, you know, I couldn't imagine what practice has been like this week in prepping, but um, it, it, I, I hope we get the the team that we know we have. I mean, I don't. I think this team definitely uh, has outperformed most expectations this year. Uh, I know Braun was on record preseason saying, you know, we're not playing for, you know, this or that. We're playing for conference championships and playing for, you know, college football berths and uh, football playoff berths. And he's lived up to that, man. Like, that's that's the guy we want. That's the guy we have leading this, this program now. So um, I, I just – I have a, I have a feeling we're going to be ready, and I just I'm not. I think that quarterback could have a really rough day on Saturday. That's just me. 
So one thing to keep an eye on for the game is Florida State's turnover margin versus ours. They are fifth in the country in turnover margin, and we are tied for 37th. So we and we have had. I feel like not only do we have turnovers, but we have them in the. I feel like we always wait till like the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, to start turning the ball over, which is the worst time you can do it. And yeah. for the most part, it hasn't hurt us too bad, but it did against UK and it did against Pittsburgh. I mean, it still hurt us in those other games, but we were able to overcome it. Uh, yeah. Florida State forces a lot of turnovers, and they don't turn it over a lot. Even Rodemaker, now he's only completing 57% of his passes thus far, but he actually has more yards per completion than his um, than Travis did. Uh, Jordan Travis, I had to think of, I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. He played here. Jordan Travis, when he was their quarterback, didn't even have as high as a yard, yards per completion as Rodemaker does. And he he has five touchdowns. He has a bigger arm. Yeah, and he has five touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's not known to turn the ball over. Now the the field conditions probably not going to be good. It looks like it will rain. I'm finally looking at the weather uh, because it's getting closer to the game day. Some people like to look at the weather like ten years before the day of the game, and it's like, come on, man. Weather forecast beyond seventy two hours. Don't even glance at it, man. But it does look like it's going to rain on Saturday. It, it looks like the field conditions are not going to be great, and we're going to have to protect the football, and we're going to have to find a way to turn them over, which has not been an easy thing for any team to do. I I don't even really honestly think you need to turn them over. I mean, it would be good to win that. That would be that would be helpful in winning the game for sure. Good. But I think you just need to keep. I I, I think you need to. Uh, I think you need to do what we 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 were doing last week. We had really long sustaining drives last week. Like you do that against Florida state, you you're probably going to win this game. That's, that's just kind of how I see it. And I know that they're a much better team really than anybody we played this year, but, um, and they're, they're, they're never out of it. So what you're talking about, Kyle, about the, the turnovers at, you know, at third, fourth quarter, that's to me, a lot of that is like, um, emotional stamina you know like you cannot you've got to you've got to be mentally and emotionally capable for four quarters Mm -hmm. i mean everybody's going to get tired everybody gets tired in the game but it's it's who's got the mental fortitude to to stay with it and keep you know stay the most with it like you've got to protect the ball and you know you can't you cannot do that those types of things and hope to win you can't get yeah. tight. And the thing is, I could tell you exactly the moment that we got tight. And that's why I say it's psychological. I could literally see it after they return. And I'm only using the UK game to talk about what we cannot do against Florida State. So when they return that kickoff for a touchdown, which there was an egregious holding penalty, but there was only one guy over there. So we did not cover the kickoff right. I don't know if he kicked it in the wrong spot or if somebody missed an assignment or what. It was dreadful kickoff coverage. And when they return that kickoff and we're only down three, we tightened up and all of a sudden our guys were like, okay, they're still fighting. And instead of, you know, staying the course, we started to tense up and we started to make mistakes. We don't make Florida state is a team. If we get ahead a couple of possessions, which they're not going to quit, which will be great. They're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming, man. They got a playoff. They got a playoff berth on the line. It's all on the line. You think they really want to get all the way to this point to lose. We're going to get their absolute best as far as, I don't know if we'll get their best game. It depends on how they handle it. But we're going to get their best, like, motivation, their best energy. They're not going – their best stamina 
we're not going to be able to just like take our foot off the gas. And I don't think we'll do that necessarily, but I do worry about our ability to get punched in the mouth and continue to get punched in the mouth and know like, Hey, they're going to be here the whole time. Don't tense up. Just keep doing what you're doing. I do feel better about our ability to do that against Florida state. I think the, the psychological aspect of last week was like, Hey, we've got the way better team. Why are they still in this game? Yeah. But they also mentally prepare in a way where they think they should always win. So if we have that same mindset, we would have won last week, but we started to tense up. You can't do that against Florida state. I mean, cause they're We're, coming and they're not. There was play. a, wasn't there a game earlier in the year? I, I, I'm, I know I was watching it. I can't remember who it was against though. I mean, the game was kind of like right there back and forth and it was early in the season and they clawed back. IU. They clawed back and got back in. Was it Notre Dame? No, IU. Okay. Yes. IU? That game was 21 nothing at halftime. No, 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 no. Not Florida State. Oh, Florida, Florida State. State. There, there was a game earlier in the year that they had. They were playing somebody good. It was a night game and it was, it was LSU. Uh, they were down it was like the year, wasn't it? Huh? It was LSU, wasn't it? They killed Maybe, them. Yeah, weren't they down half. like 20 and they came back and won in the fourth quarter? I don't I, know. That game was close most of the game, I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah I thought you're they right. were down pretty big to somebody, Duke, but I might Duke, be getting you're it probably mixed up with They got down like 10 or 13 to nothing, which feels like an eternity. Yes, Duke. it was Duke. And they came back and they did storm. That's what you're thinking because they stormed back. And, but and then course, just Duke never stopped. Their, but Duke had their backup quarterback who couldn't do anything. That was when yeah. Riley got hurt. Riley got hurt in like the yeah. third quarter. But I mean, they have the the problem. They have big play capability and bigger play capability than we have. Jawar's been struggling a bit, and I think a lot of it is that injury. And a lot of our big now Isaac Rendo has picked up some of that with his big play capability, but we do lack some of that punch you need. Uh, so we're gonna have to be very. Uh, that's why the turnover battle. I think we we have to at the very least we cannot turn the ball over. Because we're an offense that's not predicated on the big plays for the most part. Florida State is. Florida State's one. They might have like two or three three and outs, and all of a sudden they get two touchdowns on three plays. Alabama. That's how they are. So what I'm saying is you do not want to lose a turnover battle to them, or you do not want to turn the ball over when they can get the ball turn around score in one play. Um, and whereas – and another way to word it is I think we're going to have a lot more plays in Florida State because we take longer to score sometimes, like those two big drives against UK, which means we have more opportunities to turn the ball over, especially in poor conditions, than they'll have because they'll probably score quicker. So, I mean, hopefully our defense can shut them down and, and force a lot of three and outs and not give up a lot of big plays. But, you know, I just think we're going to end up running a lot more plays based on how we score versus how they score. So we need to protect the ball since we're going to have it more. You yeah, know, I I think that um, you guys are all kind of right. And I think that we're going to to beat Florida State, we're going to have to play a near perfect game, if not perfect game in order to win. We're going to have to have our lines both dominating on the on the line of scrimmage. Uh, the offensive line's got to create holes for our running game to be able to spring some big plays uh, and get those uh, short yardage situations. Our defensive line's got to be in the backfield making some stops. Yeah. Uh, we cannot have any turnovers. In my opinion, we can't have any turnovers in this game. Uh, Jack's got to be on point. I mean, we're going to have to play a near flawless game to pull out a win uh, this weekend. Rodemaker played very well against us last year. 
So I, I'm just very worried about this game and how it's going to turn out. Having said that, um, Macro, I believe is who it was. Uh, no, uh, Steve, uh, Steve UL Cards is the one who said that we're going to win. We have the underdog attitude with nothing to lose. And Jeff Brom has in the past uh, had his teams ready in those type of scenarios. So, so we'll see. Um, they should come out hyped and ready to go. So maybe they'll be able to kind of stun the world, and we'll see what happens. But I do think we're going to have to play a near flawless game in order to pull out a win this weekend. We need to play loose. And here's here's one thing I will say. I actually don't think the coach, the game plan overall versus UK was as bad as the players tight, tensing up at the end. But one thing, I, it wasn't like the Pittsburgh game where I feel like that was on the coaches solely. I feel like they, they set the them up. Times in a fucking rainstorm. Yeah, that. But I feel like this game, I feel like our guys got a little bit tense. But one thing I would change going into this game that we did not do that I think we all expected us to do was we didn't open up the playbook for the most part. We played a very vanilla game plan against UK. We had some good plays, some good play calls, but we did not open it up like I thought we would. They actually had a couple of trick plays and we did not. Look, it's all on the line in the big the, the, in the ACC championship game. You're the underdog, and I know the spread's tightening up some, but you're still the underdog. Most everybody's going to think you're going to lose, and they're going to have a lot riding on this with the college football playoff picture being the way it is and having to win in order to make it. So play loose, open up the playbook some. And, I mean, before the U.K. loss, I looked at this game as like a, you know – I hate it because it's like I looked at it as kind of like, you know, I'm just glad to be here. You know, I'm here for the ride type of thing. But now I feel like, you know, you have the potential to lose three games in a row. You lose the UK, you yeah. lose SU, then you go play Ohio State. If we get in the Orange Bowl or somebody like that, you could lose that one. You don't want to end yeah. the season like that. We end the season like that in Lamar's Heisman year, and it was terrible. It was like yeah. it could have been. You don't want to do that. We already have one more win, so at least we got the double-digit win column. But you don't want to lose – you need to lay it all on the line, and that means opening up the playbook. I mean, now it's the weather conditions may limit some of that, you know, depending on how bad the conditions are. But if that's notwithstanding, open up the playbook because we didn't do it against UK at all compared to what I thought we would. I was a, very disappointed in that, and so I hope we have it on Saturday. We need a Joey Gatewood uh, trick play for Saturday. I. I, I just want to see I want to just see more creative play calling. Yeah. I want to see I want to see more scheming to to free guys open. You know, uh, I know like that's that's one of the greatest things I love about Brahms offense is when you watch it is that how he creates space for guys to get into that space, you know, to make plays. So, um, you know, it, the thing is to look where I'm we're not. We're not uh we're not newbies to being underdogs to Florida State and pulling out wins. Okay. Like we've done it multiple times. Uh so I don't for whatever reason, I, I mean, I just feel like we always play Florida State really tight. And um I don't think it's going to be uh I don't think it's gonna be a blowout either way. And um if the weather is that big uh, a factor like that, that's gonna help mitigate uh, or level the uh, the playing field, so to speak, and it will probably take away some of that big play uh, ability that Florida State has. So um, I actually like the way that we match up, you know, against them uh, on the field on both sides of the ball. I, I really do. 
Um, so I think it'll be a, a really hard fought close game. Like I, I just, I think it's going to be close and I think it's going to be probably the best game of the day. Honestly, that I honestly believe that. Give, I'm pretty uh, nervous about it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, the, the rain uh, adds another element. And, man, we just played like dog crap in that rain in Pittsburgh. So that that that's that factor alone just has me very nervous. So I do we want to – go ahead, Connor. Go ahead. If we want to – if we want to handle the ball, especially if it's raining, just hand the ball off to IG the entire mm-hmm. – the entire game, we need a big play, hand it off to Jawar, and then yeah. get the screen game going. It's an extension of the run, either bubble screen, tunnel screen, halfback screen, whatever it is, get Jack confident. And then if there is a chance to run a shot play, run it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right the, there the, with the, you. The like, this is, Miami. It rained this before is, the game. This is the perfect – this is the perfect – game the way it's all lining up like where ig should be starting and should be getting all the touches for the most part and jawar with his limitations he's had the second half of the season it's clear that he doesn't have that burst that we saw in the first part of the season and in the field going to be the way that it is so i mean he needs to be the change of pet you know the change of pace guy like you need to get ig going early that is very important. Like, so he he should, in my opinion, he should be starting. And you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, a uh, you know, a podcast uh, quarterback. But I mean, you know, I mean, this is what I would do. Yeah. We're gonna get pressure on Rodemaker. I mean, that's gonna be yeah. a significant factor as well. We can't just lay back on defense. We we've really got to bring some pressure to onto him and make him make quick decisions. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling Ronnie was probably had a tough week as far as uh criticism goes and i'm not i don't know that i'm just guessing because i yeah. know i know the head coach wasn't very happy with the way things were going and i'm sure it rolled downhill too with him and the and his staff english's staff below him and then the players of course so we'll yeah. see what, I, i'm more curious than anything about the defense but you know we'll see what happens obviously uh a lot's on the line with, with all that going on. We've got a lot in basketball, but one thing I always loved, love to touch on is the transfer portal. It's my favorite. You know, we've been – what is it, really the second year that it's really been rolling strong? I absolutely – I know yeah, it's the third me. year, but I feel like this is like it, the second year where it's it, like – It happened to match up perfectly with NIL. Transfer portal opened and then NIL started, and it just happened yeah. to all run together. And guess what? It's free agency. And I, and I mean, it's so entertaining, man. It is so entertaining, but it also stresses me out. I know, I know we've been getting some information like crazy. We've been getting a lot of information, whether it's from the message boards, recruiting message boards, whether it's from people that we just know that are connected to situations saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Or, you know, whether we're listening to somebody else's show and they, they happen to know there's information coming in left and right. I will say about the transfer portal, we've heard a lot about how great it's going to be, and I do believe that it has the potential to be a really, really good class. But at least on offense, it is going to start with whoever we land as the transfer portal quarterback. We've always been told we're taking one quarterback. Uh, if they've changed that to two quarterbacks, then okay. But 
it's my understanding we, we've been we're going to take a quarterback and I feel like with the transfer portal whoever we take a quarterback is going to be the domino that determines who we get next because transfers don't want to come in and block for a guy they don't believe in as a quarterback receivers don't want to come in for a quarterback they don't think can get them the ball because you get one transfer They've really cracked down on those second transfers, as Connor knows. So no, you get, you get one transfer, barring some sort of weird, unforeseen situation or becoming a grad transfer. So people want to make it count. You know, if you got an elite receiver out there, who's my that's the first question you're going to have. Who's my quarterback? A running yeah. back even, because they're going to say, are you going to be able to pass the ball enough to where they can't just key in on me? Because there's NFL careers on the line here. So <laughs> – I've heard so many different things about the quarterback position in this portal, and it changes every day. So I'm just going to go over what I've what, what we've heard. Uh, I know you guys have heard some of this too. I've heard Mike Rutherford talk about some of this on his pod, so I feel more comfortable talking about it now because he's already mentioned some of this. But my understanding is if the staff could pick anybody that may enter the portal, which his name has not come out yet as definitely going to enter the portal, but I expect him to, it's Cam Ward. I feel like the staff would probably prioritize Cam Ward. The problem with Cam Ward, as you guys know who are probably listening, is he's going to he's going to determine a very high dollar figure in the NIL department. And he's, already, he's already met with one school, and he's not even in the portal yet, and he met with them before the game that he played against them the night before. Yeah, so you know, he's a he's very highly coveted. I I know it's going to be a huge challenge. I do know his camp at one time had reached out about being interested in in the possibility of him coming here, but you got to think that he probably reached out to fifteen schools, so maybe more. So you know, you don't really know. That's the thing about the portal; it's very unpredictable. You get all this information. Oh, well, this person's interested. That person's interested. I know the Kansas State quarterbacks agency reached out to some Louisville people about it if, if we would be interested in him coming here. His name escapes me right now. So Howard. 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 Yeah, Will Howard. I know his people had reached out, but again, how serious is that? As of two weeks ago, I thought Michael Pratt was going to stick around, come back to college, and transfer and come to Louisville. And a lot of us thought that. Now he's go he's he's go, he's decided no I'm gonna go pro so or at least that's what we're hearing now could that change again sure that could of change course, tonight Tyler Van minutes. Dyke's Tyler Van Dyke's out there from Miami our understanding is Tyler Van Dyke would come here if he's given the opportunity there's mixed reactions on Tyler Van Dyke which is not surprising because he has a strong arm he's had really good games at Miami he he played really well under one offensive coordinator in 2021. And he struggled under the last two. And I think uh, Josh Gaddis probably had a lot to do with that last year. But this year, I'm not so sure. I think he just made bad decisions out there. Was Shannon Dawson this year? Yeah. Yes. 2021 was uh, Rhett Lashley. And he's killing it at SMU. SMU, yep. Yeah, he is killing it at SMU. I think my thing with Tyra Van Dyke is I can't sit here and pretend that I wasn't on this very pod saying that Miami would be a lot better of a football team when we played them if Tyra Van Dyke wasn't holding them back. It was my opinion that besides bad coaching decisions like against Georgia Tech, among other things, the other problem was that they left Tyra Van Dyke out there too long and he continued to make bad decision after bad decision. I can't just turn around and pretend I didn't say that because he's interested in coming here. Um 
obviously, you know, if it were up to me, uh, Cam Ward, I mean, duh. I mean, he, he's, he's dual threat. He does have some, you know, a fumble history. But, I mean, he has the most potential by far. But he's also going to be the hardest to get. He's got the strongest um, arm out of the, all of them, too. But then, you know, all this is going on. And then what do we get tonight? We get uh, a Texas Tech quarterback, Tyra Shally. He's apparently – uh, been con, you know, been reaching out about being highly interested in coming here, and from what I understand, we're interested in him coming here. That will make me very nervous, and I'm very confused by it. Unless we've decided we're going to take two transfer portal quarterbacks. Now you got to remember, we lose three. We lose Jack, we lose Brock Doman, and we lose uh, Evan Conley. So yep. you only lose three, and you got Deuce coming in. So you've got one coming in, three going out. And but we also have like eight quarterbacks, so you know, instead of eight, we'd have six. As far as I can see, I think Tyler has two years. I think because he never played a full season, I think there's a season he only played four, and then he has a COVID year, so I think he has two. So he has two years. My problem with Tyler Shout, my main problem is the guy has never been healthy, he wasn't healthy on the field. Yeah, he wasn't healthy at Texas Tech. And I just I, – I, I'm really confused about that one. Like, Tyler Van Dyke, I at least see the idea, the potential. And I also believe, by the way, if Tyler Van Dyke comes, I think Restrepo, we have a good chance at, at getting him on board as well. Not Brady Brown just tweeted, uh, the future is bright in the Ville, so I wonder if uh, we just got somebody that's gonna about to go in the portal. Yeah. Or we got somebody that's in the portal right now. Well, and there's a lot of a Tyra Shaw talk. I don't know if that's who it could be about or not, but I just it, it it makes me so nervous because, I mean, let's take okay if you, if you look at this game, he's a dual threat guy. He really is. He hasn't played long enough to really. He had a really good game against Oregon. I know people are going to point that out, but what I don't want to do. Look, what is the biggest criticism we've had of Jack Plummer this year? Now, I actually think he's played better than some people do. Although at the very beginning of the year, I was very skeptical. He, he has improved some. But what is the biggest the biggest skepticism or the biggest criticism people have had is not that mobile, you know, not offense mobile. limited, that we, we have to tiptoe around Jack's, you know, skill set and then, you know, avoid his deficiencies. And what have we all wanted to see? You know, we've wanted to see, although we've, we've – in some ways, it's benefited us to have a better run game. We've wanted to be able to see Jeff Braun with a quarterback that can open up the playbook. I don't know if Tyler Shaw gives us that. He does give us more running ability. He does have that dual threat capability. But he's not known as a guy who's got, like, an explosive arm that's just, like, crushing it out there. And some of that could be because he hasn't played enough. So I don't. I just don't want to see us get in a position where we're going to bring a guy on who may not even be able to play because he's always hurt and who hasn't really proved – I mean, nobody's really been – nobody's going out of their way to get this guy. I'm just being honest. Like, nobody big. Like, you're not going to be fighting Oregon and uh, – against. That's Oregon funny because he was already there. <laughs> all those guys for this kid. And it's no disrespect to him. It's just, you know – and I know he played with Jawar Jordan in high school. That's what I was about to say. He's If he comes, I think he's a backup, and he keeps Jawar on the roster. That's no, I don't think he keeps him on the roster. I, I mean, Jawar's either gonna stay or he's not. He was at Syracuse and now he's at Louisville. Uh, which, by the way, real quick, I've been hearing Jawar. I know this is crazy. I haven't heard anybody else say this one. I have been hearing that Jawar Jordan 
is strongly considering coming back to Louisville. And I can't guarantee that. So somebody takes this pod and says, I'm just telling you what I've heard. I've heard he is strongly considering coming back. Well, his and, tweet kind of suggests that. Yeah. Well, his tweet did, but I mean, even before that, I was shocked. That was the most shocking thing I've been told this entire time. And it was a few days ago. And, we, and you all were told that as well. And if he comes and back are, and if Shao is the, or Shao, however the hell you say his last name, comes <laughs> comes and, and Jawar stays, awesome. and that is the reason Jawar <laughs> stays. You really think Jawar is like, I'm only coming back if you get this guy from Texas Tech that. I just no, but I think it helps. It probably well, he might have already known that that guy was interested in coming too. Like, yeah, and and I would think that maybe that he's, you know, I think I think Brom being here, I think I think has brought a lot of a uh, really good attention to Louisville. I think everybody's always known that Brom uh, runs a runs a fun offense, and it can be uh, very beneficial for skill players. You know, but like the one thing this year that he's shown is the propensity to to play into the strengths of his team this year. Like he definitely a lot more run heavy this year uh, than he has generally been uh, with the other teams that he's been a head coach for. So um, I think that also opens up a lot of eyes as well. And then you you talk about uh, the good situation, the good position that the 502 circle sits in and how our in a, our NIL uh, lines up right now. Like, I, I think there's just a lot of really good uh, juju around Louisville as far as attracting talent to come here. And, um, you know, even if we don't have your eyes on you, somebody like Shouse could has an in, he has a network connection in Jawar to say, hey, throw my name out there, like get my name to the coaches. You know what I mean? Like, so he, I, I don't think that Jawar would come back necessarily for Shouse. I do think if he does, that it would be naive to think that it didn't play some part. But I think with Jawar possibly coming back, I think more than anything, if he did do that, it would be because Braum, that's the Brahm effect. Like he really believes in this team and he believes in this program and he believes in this coaching staff. Yeah. Like, look what we did this year. We already know they're already they already know probably more than we do about what's looking like coming in, going out. Like they're, you know, they they'd be like, I don't think they're overlooking anything this year, but like it's impossible to not hear things and they see where the program's heading. So they they're saying, holy hell. We literally just went to the ACC championship in the first year of Brom taking over uh, a Scott Satterfield team. What are they going to do with two years of portal season? What was what, the team like in the program going to be like next year? So you know, Chris, Chris, I see your comment about you have to trust Brom. He knows, you know, he's great. But <coughs> my issue with, with, with Shao out of Texas tech, isn't that Brom couldn't coach him. It's the, you can't, he can't make people stay healthy. And I've seen no evidence in a five-year career now that that that's, that this kid can stay healthy yeah. or a four-year career, whatever it was. I can't remember. I looked at his. I mean, his based on everything that I was told today, like, like I was not told about his play style at all. I was told that he was a great person. He's a great leader. Blah blah blah. That sounds like a great making of a backup quarterback to me. It also well, sounds like the great I, making. Oh, sorry, Ash. I, I was just gonna say it also sounds to me like the great making of a player that's interested in being a coach down, down the road. 
like well, Evan Conley, and that's why he stayed. Mm-hmm. Where I was going to go uh, to follow up on Connor's, uh, you know, statement that he made a second ago is a quarterback quarterback like that could be be brought in if the staff feels like one of these guys that's been uh, on the team right. already or an incoming quarterback could yeah. be, you know, basically kind of what I'm equating this to is like the NFL team that brings in a veteran quarterback right after they draft the number one quarterback on the board and they bring in a veteran to start for the first three or four games and then transition in the, the rookie quarterback. And I could kind of see where maybe they bring in a guy that they think may not start the whole season, but they don't want, say, Deuce to start from game one either. So maybe they want to ease somebody into the role. Or Pierce, uh, which, yeah. And I'm just providing another alternative speculation. Or, or you bring him in to let your Deuce, let your Pierce, let Brady Allen – whoever else is under him, learn from a guy that's been around the block. That's, that's exactly you know, what I'm saying. That's had the injuries that knows how to come back from those. Yeah. I, I guess my hesitance, and I keep saying hesitancy, but like there's been a lot of evidence to suggest that first and second year quarterbacks for the most part are not the way to go. If you want a successful year and that an experience portal transfer or a guy who's, who's worked his way up to the junior year in your system that's a better way to go. And, and I mean, I, I can't I mean, remember. We won a lot of games with the first year Stefan LaFour's, the first year Brian Braum, the first day, year. Yeah, but with the, in the, in the age of analytics, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since we really, I mean, Lamar's really, first year. I mean, we won a lot of games with those quarterbacks in their first well, year. Lamar's first year was a bit of a struggle, actually, for him until the last two games. And then he just crushed it. Well, saw, saying, I guess the question is, and LaFours was a junior when he took over. So there is that. That's my point. You know, most of them do get to their junior year. Brian Braun was an exception, but he was also physically gifted in a way that high school kids aren't. He already had all the skill set you need to be a successful college quarterback from the moment that he walked in. in actually, senior year at Trinity. Redmond, another first-year quarterback so, that was pretty good. But, but I mean – yeah, I mean, if you go back in time, you can pick out like isolated, like, hey, this guy killed I mean, there's a lot of isolated incidents. So, I mean, not really. I mean, the analytics, I mean, guys I just named, though. I mean, yeah, in a matter of like 20 something years. I mean, the analytics, somebody on the radio said today that I like, 20 years, those, those guys probably started like 13 of them. I'm just saying, like, the analytics show that there's overwhelming evidence that the first and second year quarterbacks are not successful. I guess my question is, are you willing to roll the dice with a talented, stacked roster of guys with a quarterback who may take a few games to get it under his belt, and then you're going to lose those games? And, I mean, I, I think Mike Rutherford actually brought this up on his show today or yesterday where he said, you know, a lot of places aren't willing to take that chance anymore. And that was the whole reason we brought Jack in. I mean, we could have just gave the reins to Pierce this year and said, go on about yourself. We'll, we'll just gut through a few losses, and then you'll end up being a beast down the road. I think the idea here is to is to get those guys developed a couple of years where Pierce can take over as a junior maybe or a redshirt sophomore, and then maybe Deuce can come in and take over in the same type of role, and then have some guys fill in until then. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, like, if this guy gets hurt uh, again, which he has, 
Well, now, now you're now you're throwing a guy out there, and and I mean it's 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 a risk, is all I'm saying. It's a risk because a lot of these first and second year players, the analytics show, most of them don't turn out very successful their first year. Let me let me let me present a scenario because this is kind of where my brain is at with this whole thing. I know it seems like and it's based on some you know some intelligence as well some you know back channel talk but i mean it's it's it was highly unlikely ever that we were only going to bring in one quarterback this off season like we brought in three last year so i think getting stuck in that mindset can be limiting i think what makes a lot more sense and again like we've already talked about you're losing jack you're losing uh Doman, you're losing Evan Conley. I would say out of Brady Allen, Pierce, and and Harrison Bailey. Harrison Bailey was what a 2019 recruit. Yeah, like, I think he, he, he I think he was highly rated out of high school though. And I think he came here thinking that maybe he had a chance to really take the job the following year in the spring. Now, like is he still a walk on I can't remember. I think he's still a walk on okay. as far I as think he is too. So like so he he's running. He's running out of. He is running out of time, and he yeah. should be about graduated by now. Like he could grad transfer somewhere. So, if I had to look, I think he could be a possible another person that's leaving. That would be four quarterbacks. I think what you're realistically looking at, what what this staff will do, they're going to bring in multiple guys again this year from the portal, and. They're not only gonna. I do believe they're going to get a stud that they want to be the starter, the starting quarterback. But if something happens, they will have guys. They will have improved the overall depth of the QB room. Because, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like Doman and Conley, they're they're pretty limited, right? I mean, that was our right. biggest gripe with Satterfield is he couldn't recruit a quarterback to save his life. You know, so. I think we're I think we're going to upgrade the QB room. So somebody like Tyler Shaw coming in here does that. Say you get your dog or whoever's starting the season, right? And, and somebody gets hurt. You've got somebody like Shaw that has some ability, but yes, he has the ability or the 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 not to get hurt fairly pretty often every year we've seen in his career. But he could be a very good second, third string guy, whatever, however the QB depth, depth chart works out, he could be a good guy for a couple of games. The chances yeah. of him getting hurt in that time is a lot lower, you well, know, because it's not, over, plan, it's not over a series of games. So, yeah, And if the plan is to bring multiple quarterbacks in here, it makes a lot more sense. Well, and we, I guess I'm a little only, nervous because I've always heard we're only bringing in one. I know, but you look it's hard to bring Rom, in one. Rom, Rom says he likes yeah, a, a quarterback room with like six, seven, eight guys. So he's he's gonna have no choice but to bring in this many more. Well, quarterbacks. And as long as he's willing to come in here with another guy from the portal who may like I don't know, and I don't know. I mean, this is where I don't know. I guess what we've always heard is like we're gonna go, we're gonna get a portal guy, a portal guy. I've never heard we're gonna get two or three, but I mean, if we do, we do. Maybe there's more to it. I'm cool with it so long as we're not saying like, hey, this is our guy. He's our quarterback one. We're going to roll with him, and then we're going to get these other guys to develop behind him. That would make me nervous, not because Jeff Brom can't coach quarterbacks or Brian Brom can't coach quarterback, because of his injury history. He hasn't. I mean. So that's my only hang-up. Um, that being I, said. I, I was going to say just one more thing, too. Okay. Like, uh, 
you know, I, I, I've been on this pod many a times since we've gotten started here that, uh, you know, when Brom became our coach, I said, Brom's not going to hand the job to anybody. So looking mm-hmm. at it from a football aspect, uh, a football coach, a football player, like what they're going to tell a kid like Tyler Shouse is that, hey, you've got the ability to come in here and win this spot. It's it's going to be an open competition. And what you will be recruiting against uh, other coaches trying to land that kid, you know, I don't know if how heavily he's going to be pursued, but what you'll be having somebody like Brom is like, you're going to have a program, say like a, a Memphis or somebody like that. It's going to say, Hey, guy, you are going yeah, to be like, you're going to be the guy and you're going to play. Damn. So are you at that point? It's just on the kid. Does he want to come into an open competition? Does he want to come into a situation where it's going to probably more than likely be a, 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 another big year full of lots of wins next year and be a part of that? Or do you want to go be the guy again? Because if you just wanted to be the guy again, why wouldn't you just stay at Texas Tech? And then, and then here's here's, how good their quarterback is or if he's staying like the one that took over for here's the, here's the other way to look at it. If you're going to come here and you're scared of competition, you come to the wrong place. Yeah. You don't want to be, you don't want to be here. Yeah. Macro makes a comment. He said, uh, we need to get Ruben Bain and Owens in the portal, like uh, Ruben Owens, the other Ruben. If I had to pick one Ruben that I actually think we have a slightly better shot with, surprisingly, I'm going to go with Ruben Bain. And and I think it's going to be really hard to land either one of them. But I will say this. There's a lot of traction. There's a lot of smoke out there. You know, Mike, again, Mike, he's mentioned a lot of this stuff. Like, I hear it, and I'm like, I don't know if I should even discuss it on the pod. Well, then he, he starts brought talking it up about, today on the show. He starts yeah. talking about it on the show, and I'm like, okay, well. Is that, is that where he, like, said it in passing and then started talking to Trevor about something absolutely? Yeah, he, he, oh, yeah. Mike Rover, like, he just, he'll he'll talk about, like, I, I don't know. He'll talk about, like, potato chips for him and him and Travis will talk about potato chips for 10 or 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden, he'll be like, and by Not the Travis. way, Ruben Bain's interested in coming here. But anyway, about these potato chips and it's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Go, go, go back to the Ruben Bain comment. But I was surprised he mentioned that. I didn't know that that was going to be something like, I guess that's where I don't know when we hear stuff. Sometimes I'm like, should we bring it up on a pod or not? But then when they bring it up, I'm like, okay, it's free game. So that being said, uh, Ruben Bain, apparently has expressed some interest in possibly coming here. But here's what I will say. At the end of the day, you have to pull him out of Miami, and he's from that area. And he just had – he was a freshman, ACC freshman of the year. So he's been successful where he's at. He's making a lot of money where he's at, and he's from the area. And, I mean, South Beach is nice. It's not like he's in the middle of Kansas somewhere just rotting and there's no sunshine. No, he's in a nice area that he's from. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, but if we, get, if we bring two of his teammates in, it might help. It might. But I, that'd be on offense, but or at least from what we know. Uh, there might be other Miami defensive players. I, 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 I was talking about. specifically about Tyler Van Dyke and the wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that would help or not, but uh, it could hurt. That being said, the reason why I still think we have a better shot at Ruben Bain and Ruben Owens is simply because – you know, Ruben Owens could have entered a portal for the last three weeks, and something's just keeping them there, holding them there. And the more time that goes on, the more people are starting to say, 
you know, between DeAndre Moore and Ruben Owens, I think we got a better shot at DeAndre Moore now. Whereas before it was like, well, I think both of them are definitely coming. And, you know, Ruben yeah, Owens is – hey, I'm talking. Here's my here's my other thing. Yeah. A&M <laughs> hasn't had a lot of guys go in the portal. Yeah. Like, when Elko left, they only had one guy that went in the portal, like, the next day. And I think that they have may they may have a total of like six or seven guys in there, and Elka or not Elka uh, Fisher Fisher Jimbo you, Fisher. You all know yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Um. But like, they may be waiting till Monday. I don't know. Like, what would the significance of Monday be? Monday's when it opens for everybody. Okay. So. I mean, should they have been told that they could hop in the portal as soon as Fisher left? Yeah, but they may be waiting till Monday. Well, and here's the other thing is, like, maybe he's already been putting out feelers and whoever he's interested in, in potentially transferring to, maybe they've told him that they can't really focus on that right now. Maybe they got other things going on. Maybe they're saying hey, we have an ACC title game that we're about to play for. Well, and maybe if he's thinking about – maybe he thought about us and we told him that Jawar and IG are coming back and he's like, yeah, I ain't got any interest in that. No, yeah. and, and that could very well be because uh, – oh, So, since you – know, Like I said, we, you know, we've definitely heard Jawar is interested in coming back. And so since I, I know we since, all feel pretty comfortable in where we heard that, right? I mean, generally speaking, guys don't like to transfer somewhere and then have to sit on the bench. Usually when they're transferring, it's for playing time. Yeah. I mean, and that's a general – we all know there's outliers and, and exceptions to the rule that somebody can name here and there. But generally speaking, guys transfer because they want to be able to play. So since Fisher left, they have four guys in the portal. Four. Which is not that many, really. No. And, at all. And two of them are grad transfers. Yeah, and, you know, I think, I think part of that, too, is, okay, yeah, we know who our next coach is going to be, but – they don't know who their position coaches are going to be at this point. They don't know the rest of the staff, how it's going to fill out. So that's, that's going to be weighing heavily on players uh, minds as well. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, Elko's a, you know, he's a defensive guy and you know, who's he going to, you're looking at offensive players. I mean, his OC already at, left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking, you're looking at, you're looking like a, somebody that's a wide receiver or running back. Uh, somebody that's a wide receiver and a running back, you're going to be looking at, well, who's this guy going to bring in that's going to be my position coach and what kind of offense are we going to be running? You know? So, I mean, that's, that's, I, that's not to me, it's not super surprising that there's not uh, a lot of guys from that team out there in the portal yet, especially when you consider, we all know Texas A&M has big pockets and is willing to spend in the NIL department. I can so, assure you of that. Like, I mean, why? There's no reason for you. There's no. There's no benefit for you as a player at this point to say, "Hey, I'm coming out and I'm transferring." There's zero yeah, point right now. To even get more money and stay there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no leverage. There's there. no leverage on your end in that regard because you just don't TV have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. A couple of uh, receivers that to keep an eye on, and I know I know others have talked about like Dion Burks decommitted from, or I mean, not decommitted. Uh, enter the portal from Purdue, or he's declaring mm-hmm. that he's going to enter the portal if he hasn't already. I don't remember. He's a senior. He, he was By Monday, he'll be in the portal. 
he so, was he's a dog. Is what like he top is. 100. So he he is a really good receiver. Now he yeah he has a lot of Jamari Thrash characteristics. Uh, watching him play, I think you know you see six hundred something receiving yards, but you also have to remember Purdue's offense was not very good this year, and I don't think that had anything to do with him. That's a uh, lot of yards if your offense ain't good. And yeah. another guy I'm keeping an eye on, and a Connor, um, you know, you might you, you know a little bit more about, but I'm keeping an eye on. Javon Baker, I'm just keeping an eye on him. Not saying we'll definitely land him, but I have reason to believe. Now, he's an ECF receiver, so if you want to look up his name, Javon UK, Baker. You can reject if that name rings a bell. And, I mean, I don't really care about that because what he's doing at UCF right now, I mean, he would be an electrifying player, I believe. I don't. Yeah, know. He's, he's got big game potential. So, like, yeah, so if UK didn't succeed with him, it just it's no different no. than Joey So Gaines what happened at UK him. was he transferred in and didn't have the credits to be eligible, so he oh, yeah. went back in the portal and went to UCF. I see. Yep. But for one even got, a game. Okay. But he's got a connection with a few guys on our team. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's then, what I'm looking at. I'm looking at those two receivers. A wide receiver I'd look at, North Texas. Um yeah, but he's already talking. Already, you already heard things about him going to Kentucky, right? I mean, they just offered him. Jamori Mack. He was meeting with them or something. Jamori Macklin, he a thousand yard receiver, eleven touchdowns. Um, now, if we get Cam Ward, this one will get real interesting. Josh Kelly, sixty one receptions, nine hundred twenty three yards, and eight touchdowns, with an Where's average. At? Washington State with oh, Cam okay. Ward. So, another guy, our buddy down at Ole Miss, Jordan <laughs> Watkins. Jordan Watkins, and the only reason I would he, love to have Jordan, he back. was at the Louisville versus too. Kentucky game, and I would love to have Jordan back. Of course, Pete might have screwed that up. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, Pete, use the right account, baby. Yeah, you got to remember your burner account, man. You got to switch that tab. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna talk about Pete. Maybe, maybe we love the burner. It's we all good, Pete, man. man. It all happens. Yeah. It's all good, but nonetheless, now Jordan would be awesome to have. Jordan Watkins was apparently in a suite with Jack Harlow during the uh, UK. Put, put him game. next to Chris Bell. Shit. Well, I'm gonna be on, and I, I, this is not based on information. There's only so many. There's only one football to go around. So if we get some of these receivers, if we get all of them, we're gonna lose some dudes. And that's and fine. We just got to get a quarterback that doesn't stare well, down as number well, the one option. The reason I'm bringing that up is because you're not. The reason I'm bringing that up is because you're not going to lose Thompson, who's already transferred. You're not going to lose Callaway, who's already transferred. You're going to lose somebody like a Chris Bell, maybe not Chris Bell, and I hope not Chris Bell because I love Chris Bell and his potential. Yep. And I think he's been a little bit underutilized because for the first half of the year, I feel like Jack kind of honed in a little bit too much on Jamari Thrash at times. For good and, reason. He did the entire year. <laughs> well, I think he got like the Miami game in particular. He didn't even have Jamari to do that too too much, and I feel like he spread around some of the UK game as well. But uh, that my point is like I think Chris Bell, if utilized correctly, he's a deep threat. He's a big body, has athleticism. A lot of these guys don't have. If he would just quit smacking people in the head on the opening kickoff, he'd be fine. So. But, I mean, you look at guys like Amari Huggins-Bruce, who I would hate to lose him as well, uh, Chris Bell. I'm not claiming any of these guys. I'm not claiming any knowledge that any of these guys are going to enter the portal. I'm just saying there's certain guys that can't that are receivers. And I do know the coaching staff wants to elevate receiving room. 
So if those guys can't leave without sitting out a year, they're probably not going to want to. Again, how many years have those guys, those two guys in particular, Jadon Thompson and Callaway, how many years have they been in college? Uh, well, that that I don't know, and that would change things that they could Because, be again, that grad transfer thing changes everything. If they're graduating, they're you can go J- anywhere. Jaden's the one from Cincy, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah, and Callaway's from – where's he from? UT? Tennessee? He, he uh, Jaden should be able – if he graduates, he should be able to transfer. Yeah. Um, well, and then I just want to add one other note. Like, we all see – we all know uh, just based on – in the last week, like how many new names have popped up. Like, the, yeah. the transfer portal is the most volatile thing. It is way more volatile than the traditional recruiting times used to be. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, we kind of equate it to what the way recruiting used to be. It's like the new recruiting method, basically. But it's even more volatile. But we also need to remember that in a month, if we don't have the transfer guys locked in that, you know, kind of we were hoping we would get, we need to pause our uh, – April comes soon, baby. We got to pause our emotions a little bit because yeah. there's always a whole nother wave right after spring ball because a lot yeah. of those guys, you know, they say there's two quarterbacks that are fighting for that one spot. Well, whoever gets named the starter might just bail then. And so yep. that might be a, a guy that we would want to go after at that time or the receiver. And we're, we're going to see some of that. We'll see some of that on our own team this yeah. after this spring. That, like, that is for sure going to happen. Isn't I mean, you want to hold some spots just for that. You want to hold. Yeah, I think the big thing we got to do. I think within a week of this portal opening, we need our quarterback, our starting quarterback. We need them so we can get all these other guys in here. Well, uh, and you know, most what all the all the conference championships are playing this weekend, right? Right. I yeah. mean, so like at that point, we know once bowl season gets here, unless you're in a college football playoff, there are a lot of players that sit out. There are a lot of players that choose to like, hey, I'm I'm going to forego this. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to put my name in the transfer portal. So I think we're going to get a lot of that after this weekend. And, and it's it, the timing's not a coincidence. I mean, uh, of when the portal opens, it's two days after everything's done. You know, I mean, that's that's. Exactly I'm not saying it is a coincidence, but I mean, it's a, like it's it's all laid out in a way for it to build interest and for that interest to be there for the college athlete you know what i mean like it's it's a just is what it is so that's why that's why football's opens in april it's april 16th well Um, instead of may 1st because most spring games are in the first week of april yeah i'll say this it is all laid out in a great way as you guys have said i'll tell you what it was not laid out in a great way before a game yesterday it was tyler johnson's tie gate they were not laid out. They were not laid out, and it almost cost us a game. Uh, yeah, you got to so, get those tights ready, man. You got to get Ross's. You see those brown stains on those bad boys? He hasn't. Got, not no stains on there. Is, is that what you wore to volleyball the other day? A couple of years. <laughs> I need my compression shorts, coach. I, no, but seriously. Play the video. Oh, here yeah. we go. Play the, uh, we're, we're transitioning over to basketball, by the way, because we got a lot to talk about tonight, and so we want to touch on this. We can't not. Want to touch up some compression boxers? We didn't have the tights that he wanted, so he didn't know if he wanted to play. Oh yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the tights. He said, he "Oh yeah." That we've never had for him. 
Hold on, let me turn it on. I don't feel like I can go. That's what young people do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then that I little mean, laugh at the end. It's but a... he figured it out in the second half. He accepted the fact that we didn't have the tights that we've never had for him. And he played, and he played well. Oh, Next. okay. Yeah. Can, can we, hold on. Go all the way back. Stop, stop, and pull it all the way back to the very, very beginning. I want to break – we got to break this down because, like, the first thing he does where you know this is going to be a complete shit show <laughs> is he sits there and says, like, I probably shouldn't tell you guys this. He said that yeah, how many times last year, too. And as soon as you say, I probably should – like, imagine if you go home to your wife. Hey, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but um, this you know, too late. you're in a doghouse immediately. And then you have to tell them. You can't just well. Never mind. I'm just not going to say. It. Nope. You're screwed. Like, so, all right. Let's. And then the person in the background that goes, "What?" I probably shouldn't tell you this. We didn't have the tights that he wanted, so he didn't know if he wanted to play. What? Oh yeah. What? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing oh, of it yeah. is, I'll just let it fin finish the rest of this before. You heard it. We didn't have the taste that he wanted, that we've never had for him, and he decided I don't feel like I can go. That's what young people. I actually need to interject here because we never had them for him. Actually, contradicts what some defenders have been saying about Tyler, because there's been some people defending Tyler about these tights because they said that because he's had a groin injury that he suffered yeah. in New York that he's been wearing special ones because of that groin injury. Now, Kenny is saying, coach Payne is saying that we've never had those. Well, that to me implies that we, that he's been wearing some kind of tights for the entire time that he's been here and they're not unique to be able to support uh, that injured area. I don't know. Well, I mean, that just con I, that conflicts a little bit to and, me. And that's why I, I will say, I think I have it. Know. I think I have it all figured out. Uh, he needs compress. He needs those special compression tights to hold in those big ass balls that he's giving <laughs> carrying carrying this basketball team right that's now. Absolute. That is absolute, man. <laughs> Tyler's the only reason we won four games. Well, yeah. I mean, why is Kenny bringing this up? Like. <laughs> Like, First of all, it is kind of ridiculous that it's brought up. That a player either says, you know, I'm hurt, too hurt to go. No, nah, not pause. Full send. Pause. <laughs> Full send. Either you can't go or, like, it's not just because you don't have tights that you can't go. Like, come on. Like, if you got that dog in you, you're going to play. If you don't have that dog in you, you ain't going to play. Like, but it's not on the coach to be sharing that information because no. it just makes the player look bad. So and I like, think his, I think his thought process was like, well, people are going to ask me, which I'll be honest, like the whole time I'm sitting there watching this game, uh, like, do we want to zoom out of that? I think we're done with yeah. that. We don't, we don't want to um, go back to the beginning of his face so in the beginning. The whole thing about that game, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, why don't we just put Sky and Tyler out there together? They are not. If we put them out there together, they can't. They can't win. That Bellarmine team is terrible. Now I know they beat us last year, and I know they've had some star players. They're missing here and players, there. and they're not, not their a good team. It's the worst team they've had under Scott Davenport, and they didn't have their best player, who just was ruled out for that game. So we couldn't have gotten any luckier, really. All we had to do 
Let's put our best athletes in there. We should have won that game by 25 or 30 points, and I'm not kidding. Like, that was a bad team. So the whole time I'm sitting there wondering, where's Tyler Johnson? Why is he not playing with Sky Clark? So I'm sure, to get to my point, I'm sure Coach Payne's thinking, I've got to address this, and I want people to know I just wasn't playing Tyler Johnson. But there's so many ways you could do that where you could say, you know, he's been struggling with a groin injury, and he had some hesitancies before the game. And he wasn't comfortable. And then, you know, as time went on, we put him in there. Like, there's a lot, there's a million other ways you could have spun. Other things you could have said. That's, and you've got to think about that before you go in there. Like, you got to think, okay, here's my, here's the, here's the situation. I know they're going to ask me these questions. Here's how I'm going to answer it. And you can't come away with that answer right there. And like, that cannot be, that cannot be your answer. And I know that he gets media training. I know that for a fact. That is not something that you say to the media. Like, that is locker room information that does not go to the media. Yeah, I just – I don't know. But the I, whole time, yeah, I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just – I guess I don't get lost in all the – the the. I think Kenny's just what you see is what you get, you know? I mean, like, I don't – I think to me when I see Kenny talking about something like that, I think that – to me, it tells me that he has a good relationship with the player. You know what I mean? That honestly, with that, that, so I, I don't really look too much into it to be, to be completely honest. Um, I, I know what y'all are saying. Like that there's nothing that there's nothing that the player can gain out of a comment like that being made. But, um, I think it just kind of shows some, uh, uh, it shows some likability, uh, and, uh, I'm trying to think of how I'm trying to say this. Like it makes the player more daring to the fan because you 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 get to see who they are a little bit more. You know what I mean? So here's the problem. <laughs> I don't we, know we about just, that. We just did it on our pod, but I've heard it all day. This kid's kind of become like a national laughing stock. I mean, it's been national that it's been shared. It's like this kid doesn't want to play because of his tights. And Maybe maybe they do have the relationship where he just doesn't care, and it's like I don't care about it. Yeah, I just don't see a lot of good that came out of doing it. Yeah, this way. no, and I mean I don't, I don't help anybody. anybody. It came off to me as like I'm kind of throwing like whether intentional or not. I, it's just like I'm throwing them under the bus for this, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, the whole world know. To me too. I'm gonna let the whole world know like what he that did. He tried to sit out because we didn't have tights for him. And I just I think those things are best dealt with behind closed doors because all day today it's been like, and at the very least, even if he doesn't care, it's just one more national laughing stock where the whole country's laughing at our program about something. Jeff Goodman was on it within twenty minutes. Last I mean, week. it's just it just gets old knowing that like the only time we're nationally relevant is for some circus stuff like this. Yeah. And I'm just I'm sick of it, man. And I'm, I'm that's the bigger issue. The Tyler Johnson's tight thing. We wanted to address it because it's funny, but the, really the big picture issue is I don't care that we're four and three right now against the schedule. It's been awful basketball. If it wasn't for the fact that it's Louisville, I would not watch this kind of basketball for a second. When I can watch teams that are playing so much better basketball, like the Maui Invitational is a really good example bunch of fundamentally sound good basketball teams but you even find low major college basketball teams that are fun to watch like i'll give you an example um 
Well, I can't think of who it is. Who played Kentucky and, and took him to overtime? I'm having a Philadelphia. San Joe's. You know, San Joe's. Yeah. San Joe's. I've watched him twice this year now, and they've actually looked really good and are really entertaining to watch. And they run a sound system. We don't run anything that remotely resembles a sound system. And, yeah, you can say we've won two games in a row, which is better than losing them. We've caught a lot of breaks, and it's been really ugly. And I don't feel any more inspired watching us out there at four and three than I did last year when we were zero and seven or whatever we were. We are a better team. We have more talent, but there's such a dramatic coaching limitation to this team that's just holding us back so much. And I mean, it's pretty common knowledge at this point that there was a microscope on this game, and it was a game we could not lose. For the staff, and if we and of lost, course we didn't lose. <laughs> we didn't lose, and if we lost, you know, we might be having a whole different conversation today. And that's an absolute fact that there was a microscope on this game because we were so much better of a team than them. Like you can't lose this, and I don't. I, I think we, we find out a lot more about this team against Virginia Tech. Not that they're that good either, but we haven't won a road game under Kenny Payne. We haven't won a neutral game under Kenny Payne. This is our chance. Virginia Tech's not that good. They're not terrible, but they're not good. And we can beat them if we have a good, sound, fundamental game plan and an actual system in place with the players we have. I think we can beat them, and we should. And so that's my expectation is that we go in there Sunday and we win that game. Yeah. I. It's uh, Virginia Tech. Is that uh, – Young. No, yeah, it's yeah, not Virginia yeah, yeah. Tech. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I really thought we were going to lose against Bellarmine. I really did. I thought that they had, even as, as they're not great. I thought that you know, generally you've got a Scotty Davenport has shooters, and the things that you have when you're an underdog like that, um, that'll beat you is that when you're playing a team that's better athletically than you and has better players is usually eventually that talent wins out. And a lot of times that involves, you know, shooting. His we best shooter is out. Yeah, but we and don't, we don't have any shooters. Team. We don't have any shooters. So, you know, they were going to stay, they were going to stay in zone and Scotty's players and his, his, his offense always moves. Guys are always moving. They're moving without the ball and, you know, they, they're, they're working to get open to get shots. So, we're not a great defensive team. I think that's our biggest liability as far as this basketball team is their their ability to play defense. And that game. Yeah, so and I just really thought it lined up really bad for us to lose that game. Even, you know, even with them having their best player out, like I just yeah. thought we, I, so I give, uh, I give the team credit. I, but I expected us to win as far as like, I yeah. think we're going to win. I expect if we're a good coach team and we have the talent, which I think we have better talent than Virginia Tech, I do. I expect us to win that game based on that and putting, you know, you need a scout, you need a, a good scouting report, a good week of practice, and you need to go in there, you need to win that game. I'm sick of hearing excuses. And if you don't win that game, we need to move on after that game, in my opinion. I'm I'm there, and I said on, on this pod, I'm done after this game, if we lose it, I don't care how we lose it. I'm sick and tired of losing road games, and I don't care that we look a little bit better than last year. I'm sick. Of I agree, it. about the quality of the. And, 
And, and, and my thing about Bellarmine is they don't have good shooters this year. They have a good the worst team he's ever And their best yeah. shooter was out. They couldn't shoot worth a lick. And so yeah. I just – I'm done with it. After seeing last night, I'm like, you know what? Get better. Go on the road. Beat some quality teams. You know, beating Coppin State doesn't do anything for me. Coppin State beat UMBC by 20 tonight. Well, you beat UMBC by one after we hacked them at the very end and they didn't call it. That doesn't do anything for me. And, and, you know, beating Bellarmine like we did. None of that does anything for me. The Texas game is the only game this year that showed me anything positive. And it was a good game. We still ended up losing it. I thought we got a rough call at the end, which canceled out the call we didn't get against UMBC. So those two can't water kind of found its level there, but I'm looking at Saturday Sunday, excuse me, as a game, not that I necessarily would bet us to win, but that, you know what? I'm sick of the excuses for coaching. I'm sick of all oh, this players shouldn't play because of that. Or, you know, I'm tired of all that. Go out there and win. If you're really a better team, if you've really improved your coaching ability and you have a better team, you go in there and you win that game on Sunday. No excuses. And here's, here's another, like, I watched the game yesterday while I was at another game, but like the game looked like it was moving at like half speed, like the first like 35 minutes of the game. I don't know what they were doing in that first half, Connor. I mean, 22 points at halftime to that Bellarmine team was awful. But like Bellarmine looked like they were moving at half speed. Like, like the whole game just looked like it was moving in slow motion. Well, that's why I was like, why aren't Sky and Tyler in there together? Which, of course, we got that answer at the end. But, like, that, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, if you put both of them in there together, they don't have two guys. That, what surprises me is this. Uh, two guards back and play off of them a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if you have them both come in at the same time, time, you can't do that. You have to guard one-on-one, and there's just no way those guys have the skill set and athleticism to keep up with those two. And we saw that when, when, when they both got in there together in the second half. They couldn't stop them. Well, that's what happens when you play a Ken Palm 250 non-conference schedule. Like, they don't have the athletes to keep up, and it's going to inflate your win total. Like, yes, we have as many wins as we did last year. Yes, that's fine. But our non-conference schedule this year is terrible. I mean, it was pretty bad last year, too, though. I mean, Yeah, but outside of Kentucky, IU, and Texas, it is bad. We're a better team than last year, but, I mean, that's not enough. Like, I guess the long story short about Bellarmine, as I looked at it, I'm like the only reason we – that why they only lost by five is because they coached their way into the game, whereas our talent wasn't enough to, to pull away because of coaching dragging it down. And that's that's my problem. That's it in a nutshell. The concerning thing for me in that game is that uh, Sky and Tyler, we've been preaching all year about how those two need to play together. Well, last night they combined for seven turnovers. Like those two guys can't combine for seven turnovers in a game for us and for us to win. Very they often. can't, but that I would not just, against Bellerman. The, <laughs> the the team just you know they they clearly give us our best chance to win. You know, like they 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 do. I mean, there was a there was a pass. That uh, I think Tyler drove, or maybe it was Trey White. He swung to the, he swung a pass. He got in the lane, swung it to the corner, and then the corner, can't remember who was there, swung it to Sky uh, out on the wing, and then he immediately dished it down to uh, JJ down below for a reverse dunk. Like, was that a very, you know, like, 
Yeah, it was near it was like my class minutes, within though. the last last three minutes. Yeah. So I mean, it, the two of them together create more offense than than anything else we have on the team. So I mean, it 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 you you are who you are at this point. You know, you're looking at coming up. You got Virginia Tech. You got DePaul. Uh, then you've got uh, Arkansas, Arkansas State, and you've got uh, it's at DePaul, and then you got Pepperdine, who's coached by the mighty uh, Lorenzo uh, Romars, and uh, so uh, you know anybody that knows anybody anybody that knows Lorenzo Romar, think back to that. He was the coach of the. UW team that uh, U of L uh, team, yeah, the O five team uh, smacked around in I, the. Uh, that's one of my favorite tournament games because it was just it was yeah. never in, in question. I went back and watched that just a couple weeks ago. It yeah, it was Brandon. Fun. It was Nate Robinson and Brandon Roy, and they had a, some yeah. goofy dude down good. low. Yeah, they were they were a good team, but we we they were the one seed in that too. They were the one seed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we killed. We were number four in the country, and we got a four seed that year. Yeah, we got. Yeah, anytime yeah, we get so, a four seed, when we don't, when so we um, seed, you know, Lorenzo Romar's got about as many lives as uh, Bobby Petrino, it seems. So, um, you know, <laughs> but I, I will, I will say that I, I have been on record about this. I, I really don't think Kenny's going to make it to the UK game. And, you know, it was literally just a week ago, right? We were all sitting here and everybody was like, oh, well, this is going to buy him so much more time. He's going until at least January now, you know, and then here we are again. You you know, it, we're right back to it's a game by game basis, which is exactly what I thought it's going to be. Like, Hurd's going to keep watching this. Yeah. He's going to read that. He's going to read the climate, read the, the, you know, the temperature in the room, so to speak. And if and when it's time to move, he'll move. And yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I really don't think that any of those four, next four games are out of the question for us to lose. I really don't. Like, I think we can, we could lose all of we them. Could lose we, could, them all, we could win them all too. You well, could, yeah, you could, yeah, you could, you could, you could split, you could go one and three. I mean, now we're just talking simple math, but yeah, if you lose more of those games than you win, Say you know you get to Kentucky and it's one and three. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. Like I don't see Kenny being on the bench to coach that game. And I know everybody's like, well, what do we do then? You have coach Danny Manning, and I know he catches a lot of hell, but he's been an interim coach twice. He has experience doing this. Well, and okay? he was a very hot commodity as a head coach coming out of Tulsa. So he was, like he and wasn't ever he, thought highly of. He was the what? He was interim coach for Georgia Tech, right? And Maryland. Did he do that? And then in at Maryland. Because right? he was the interim after old boy at Maryland got fired after we beat him in the Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, like, he's done this twice now. So he's got plenty of experience. And I, you know, I've had some people come up to me and were like, well, nobody's going to come out and want to watch a Danny Manning coach team. And I'm like, Nobody wants to watch what we're doing either right now. I mean, yeah, I'm not, so like I'm not so sure it would even be you, the staff that we have. If you if you if you make a move, if you make a move, okay, then you know two things. One, if you make a move, you've already got the interim in place. Two, we've always seen no matter what the situation is, if you're making that move, it's it's in a it's a it's a situation where you're saying, um, 
it's a it's a gesture to the fans to say we're moving in a different direction and we just ask you all to come out and support and we usually do the attendance is always picked up after those after those times and the, you know the fans come out and cheer yeah. so yeah I there's mean, nothing a- there's with the way it is right now there's really nothing to to lose if you make that move but it's got to be the right time and i'm just thinking and, and i think Her- i think Hurts just i think Hurts just watching He's just watching right now. He's here's just observing. The, the counter argument that I was getting when I told people, I said, guys, this game is really important. And y'all, so, I mean, if anybody doubted it, Eric Crawford at halftime, what did he tweet? He said, I tweeted second, it too. He said, the second half of this game is very important. And McGavish turned around and he tweeted. I know Ty Spalding was tracking and following. It, it was very, like, it was very much a real thing. Like, hey, y'all need to keep an eye on this game. Because if it does, if it goes south and we lose, but the argument was, well, if it's that bad, and I've heard this from people that are around me in my everyday life, I've heard it from people online. It's like, why wouldn't you just pull the plug now? There's a way you do it. Like my guess is the thought process wasn't. I'm definitely. This is going to end. We all know a year three isn't coming, barring an absolute miracle of a turnaround. Even then. You kind of wonder if, the, if if everything hasn't gone so awry as far as relationships that they just say, well, you know what? Glad we did it and glad we turned it around. We're done. I mean, you don't have to look any further than our 2024 recruiting class where the guy didn't even sign, the one guy we have didn't even sign early. He just decided he was going to wait, probably because of the situation. We have one dude that we're recruiting. One. And if, if you think it's because Kenny Payne's going to go out there and crush the transfer portal, well, dumb. No, we've already seen that twice, and he did a little bit better this time getting Sky Clark and Trey White. But we had a whole lot more we could have got, and we did not. We went and, young. And if you all silly. think that we're um, going to uh, get Carter Knox somehow, no, we're not. And, and it's not and, happening. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, there's not even a future foundation for a year three. So that being said, he's not going to be back. It's more along the lines of – my guess is the thought process was this. Look, I'm willing to let it ride and see where it goes, but if we lose that game to that team, it's not a good Bellarmine team, and for the second year yeah. row, we'll just go ahead and pull the plug right now. And that's probably how it went down, and then we didn't lose the game. So it's like, okay, and we'll just keep on trucking along. And then the argument is, well, that's a toxic situation. Well, guess what? It's already there. Whatever yeah. he, it's already there. Like, you're not going to not make a toxin by saying, you know what, you get till the end of the year, no matter what. Like, that's not going to make anything any less toxic. In fact, I would argue that it's counterintuitive to do that because now you've taken any fan hope and you just completely, like, took the air out of their sails. Not that there's much air in the sails right now to begin with, but you took whatever last remaining hope anybody had and you just dashed it until March, which they're not going to do that either. So, like – my thing is, I just think that they looked at this game and were like, this is a game we cannot lose. It's inexcusable. And we yeah. didn't end up losing it, so now it's a moot point, and we move on to Virginia Tech. Which, yeah, for me, that's the game, and I'm not Josh Hurd. I'm not the athletic department. For me, that's the game we can't lose because I don't care about beating Bellarmine by five without their best player out there under the worst team ever. I care about going on the road and winning an ACC game because that's what we need to be doing, and we haven't done it. We need to do it Sunday. No excuses. It's just I, I don't know. Like there's there's a lot more face you can save uh, by losing to an ACC opponent than losing games that we did 
last year at a conference. You know what I mean? Like, if if we had had the start last year that we if if what had happened last year was this year, Kenny had already be gone now. Like he would not. I mean, we lost to what Wright State. We lost to who was it? Navy, App State. We lost to, I mean, there was all Bellarmine. There were all kinds of really bad losses on yeah, there. Yeah. And so, I mean, losing, yeah, I mean, it not it may not be a good Virginia Tech team. I, I don't really know much about them. I'm not going to lie hey, about they that. They beat Robin by 45. Yeah, I mean, but it's still, Robin it's an ACC, terrible. it's an ACC opponent and you're on the road, which you can't afford to do if, if, if you're Kenny and this team is you can't go out there and get your doors blown off and look like you can't, you don't even belong on the same court as this team. If you go out there and you, and you play well to your ability, whatever that is. And, you know, if you can come out and play like you did in New York and um, you know, play like that and, and you lose, then you lose. I, I, I don't think there's really much pressure at that point. The real turning point is going on the road, losing to DePaul, or if you're at home and you lose to Arkansas State and Pepperdine, those are bad. Those are bad losses. All three of those would be bad losses. Well, and like, here's the thing. I, I mentioned we could very well win all three, all those games that you mentioned earlier uh, that are upcoming, the Virginia Tech, DePaul, Pepperdine, Arkansas State. And the reason I say that is because we have at times this year shown a propensity to score the basketball. Uh, we may not have a ton of three-point shooters, um, but JJ is shooting 40% on the year from three. So he he's actually been able to uh, put the ball in the basket from three. Um, we lead the country he, in free throw attempts. The other, well, that's what I was, that was my next point, is how did we win the game last night? It was at the free throw line. That's become a recurring theme on the season, is that our team has done a really good job of getting to the free throw line, and they are a very good free throw shooting team as a team. Yeah. And I know we made jokes of it, you know, two games ago uh, because of the the number of, of free throws that we got. Uh, and I'm blanking on the opponent. Uh, New Mexico uh, State, New Mexico where, State. Yeah. where they had yeah. 40 fouls. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing. You have to do something right to get to the line this many times that, it, that we are on the season. And then you also have to be a good free throw shooting team. And they're taking advantage of that. 51 they points. Are. We scored 51 points in the second half yesterday. That's not to be overlooked. And because they are able to, to find ways to score the basketball, there is a chance that we could win at any given point during the season that could be unexpected. Um, that's the reason that we stayed in those games in New York. Now, the defense has not been good either. Uh, but then also we said before the season that we needed somebody that would be able to go in and, and, and be kind of like that that gritty player and get rebounds and things like that. In uh, five of our games this year, Huntley Hatfield has nine nine or more rebounds. That's that's not bad. So those it's, that was one of the things we were looking for. It's it's not, and he he has been you know it's been nice to see his uh his player arc over the last you know really three weeks. Um, I didn't ever think the light was going to turn on for him. Uh, I'll be honest. I was, I was skeptical. Um, but it's been nice seeing him way more. Uh, it's not even involved. He's just, 
he's more dialed into the game. You know, he's just, he just looks a lot more comfortable out there and he, and he, you, it's a confidence thing with him. So it's been really nice to see that. That being said, I mean, I mean, it was halftime yesterday, right? When we were all talking about how low the score, low scoring yeah. the game was, mm-hmm. I mean, Bellerman doesn't have a player that's over what six, six on the floor, six, seven. And Hatfield has one rebound. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's just- we find ways to like struggle against teams. It seems it's like, okay, well, surely we're not going to have a problem rebounding against Bellerman, or surely we're not going to have a hard time scoring against uh, this team. And then we, we, surely we're not going to have a whole bunch of turnovers against Ben Simmons college, but it just seems like no matter what we find what, like, okay, we're going to find a new way to struggle. But then all of a sudden we play our hearts out against Texas, which, oh, by the way, it's like you still end up losing because that's just a really good team. It's like if you would play that way against teams you're supposed to beat, you win by 25 or 30 points, and we wouldn't even we'd all be like, holy shit, this is a good basketball team. We should be ranked. We've only lost one game, a close loss to Texas. And I'm gonna lump IU in there as a really bad team, even. I watch enough IU to know they're an atrocious team on offense. And and their defense is is decent, but their their biggest strength was their front court, and they were all in foul trouble the whole game. Yeah. And we still found a way to lose because they switched the zone. We didn't know what we were doing. It's just we find new ways. And a lot of it comes down to coaching. It's like, you know what? Like, okay, if Brandon Huntley Hatfield's not going to rebound, put a core four in there and see what he can do. And if he can't do it, he hasn't played the last two games. Then play small for crying out loud. Their tallest guy is six seven. Put a one four at the five. Get somebody in there that can rebound. Yeah. It, we yeah, shot 22 I mean, it, free throws in the second half last night. If we do that, we're going to win games. Those offensive fouls last night towards the end were getting ridiculous. Yeah, that was pretty absurd. Like, Bellerman should be upset today. Like, there was like five possessions in a row that got called for an offensive foul. And I was well, like, I watched Scott Davenport's press conference, and I don't, I can't verify this, but I guess I get the feeling that because we haven't renewed the series and I just get the feeling he's pretty annoyed with us right now. And then I know, I know the question about Tyler Johnson, he was just like, he didn't want any part of that, but it was almost in like a, that's crazy. I'm just going to sit here and not talk about it type of way. But like, I just sense like a, a sense of annoyance with him and the whole situation with that, not only our program, but then not playing them. I, I, I'll be interested when I talk to him in March to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, we've got conference coming up on Sunday. And then we go that's back to play. That's the, the tale. You know, it, it, how we play over the next few – the next three weeks are basically going to determine what happens at this point because we all heard everything yesterday evening about, like, if we were to lose that game, but we didn't. So now the next three weeks are, are basically – What if we t- lose this game? What happens if we lose this game? The Virginia like, Tech, the Virginia Tech game, nothing happens that game. No, 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 no. That's not like, like the other loss. three, the it other. Depend, three. I mean, I don't, I didn't it hear depends. anything. Like, it I didn't hear anything was going to happen after the Bellerman game until an hour before tip off. All of a sudden, it's yeah. like, hey, sit up straight, watch this game. It could go down, and then all of a sudden, like, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing other people tweet from the. Media, you're starting to see some local media that were very loyal to, to Coach KP that are starting to pivot too, and that's a sign right there that you know the end is near, and you need to get on board with the university moving on. Don't be that guy in the media 
that's like kicking and screaming, trying to fight change when it's going to happen. And so you're starting to even see some of those guys, like Rick Bozich even a little bit. Eric Crawford's done like a 180. I mean, last year he's like, you got to give him a second year. You know, you got to let him get his guys in here. And I mean, you've seen you've seen the pivot he's doing, and that's not all by coincidence. You know, these guys are hearing things. You know, it is inevitable. Uncle Larry, I saw his comment earlier. We got to get back to national relevance. Somebody mentioned Chris Beard in here. I would love to that see was, it. That's I me. Don't, I don't know if I got a couple yes on this comment here. Like, uh, when did U of L start scheduling to protect its head coach? Like. We have complained about how bad our non-conference schedule yeah, is going back to like 2004 or earlier even. I mean, we have played bad non-conference schedules for a really long time outside of a few games. Usually we have two or three games that are pretty good, but the rest, of them are just like, the rest of them are just like get an opponent to come into the Yum Center so we can make money. The problem right now is we're not making money off of those games. And we're no, paying right. them to come in. We're no, paying that, them. Yeah. The problem is agitated fans are hearing people justify, well, they won this game, but we're barely winning games with key injuries of the other team, whereas mm -hmm. like under Patino, we were burying these teams by 30 or 40 for the most part. He had a couple of egregious. Like I remember one year, I think we lost like Drexel. But, you know, that happens under every coach that they've been there a long time. But what I was going to say – uh, earlier about Chris Beard was I don't know if our university has the balls to pursue somebody with a pass. As much as I would love Chris Beard because he actually he's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a coach on offense. Like I don't think we pursue anybody with that kind of baggage. I think it's some guy. I wish that, we would. I mean, wasn't he cleared? He was, no, his wife decided not to press charges. Or his Here's the thing I'm going to post to you, though, Connor, and you and I have talked a lot because of our history. Um our professional histories. <laughs> if some of this stuff that we've been, you know, speculating about were to take place in the next few years, and if the administration foresees that this is going to happen, do they care what the NCAA might think about your hire? There you go, then. <laughs> because we shouldn't so care I, anyways. So, so I don't think I'll let you speak more on it, Connor. So I don't think the NCAA has anything to do with the Chris Beard baggage. I think it's the university as a whole, like, and the fan base as a whole, wanting somebody that had, you know, domestic violence issues, blah, 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 in the past. That's what I think the baggage is. Yeah, the NCAA, that, for sure. That, that's I that's what I was talking about. But, I, I mean, you and I both know where the NCAA is going to go in the next three, four, five years. I don't think it's going to be five. Yeah. It may it it may be four. So do you actually think it's going, going away? Because I've heard this since I was a kid. No, I, I think the lawsuit a, in play right now has a very massive effect on speeding the game up. Yes, if, there are. You can talk more about it. Well, you all so, let me know when it happens so I can put the banner. I'll put the damn thing. All right, on my phone. all right, chill out. Let me let me explain this. So there's the a real banner, not that BS in there right now. So there is a court case that is in the Ninth Circuit, which is where the Alston case was as well, and ended up, that ended up going to the Supreme Court. The House versus the NCAA, which is. Uh, the house doesn't matter. It's the Sedona Prince case, but the way our justice system works, it goes all, it goes alphabetic order. So house comes before Prince. Um, what's happening is they are suing for back NIL payments 
for student athletes that weren't able to profit off NIL. And it has been labeled a class action lawsuit in the three different tiers. In those three different tiers, it's football, power five men's and women's basketball, and then everybody else. Those damages go up to $5.2 billion with a B. The NCAA does not have $5.2 billion to pay all of these damages. So that's where I think the power five ends up moving out and the power five ends up like the quote unquote power five. Now it's power four creates their own league, essentially making it a, a farm system of sort to the NBA, to the NFL, to the MLB, whatever. And we'll still yeah. be the last team left out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, one of the things that's always held the NCAA together is that they actually pool the money for five years from the NCAA tournament. It's only distributed on a rolling five-year basis. Mm. And so, like, they have this money just kind of, like, sitting in their coffers, and everybody doesn't want to just, like, lose all that money that, you know, is just right. sitting there. Walk that, away. That expect, they don't just walk away from this payout. But, but if, if you empty those coffers, not there anymore because yeah. it was lost in a lawsuit. And and I don't I don't remember the exact number, but I think it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That sound about right per like win for the conference in the NCAA tournament. Well, y'all let I'm me know when this it. happens because like, we're gonna have a podcast. At people will get very bored if we start talking up. about what a win credit is. Yeah. I don't think we need to go into too much detail. Well, about we're gonna have credits. we're gonna have a live pod <laughs> at the um center when we're hanging that banner back up. So y'all let whenever that day happens, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. But anyway, if this lawsuit I mean, kills, it's called the third banner pod. Basically, it's called the third banner pod. Where's the third banner? The third national championship banner. Where's that? I don't want to see number one in coaches poll. Get that shit out of here. I'll wipe my ass with it on the way out the door as you're hanging your new, freshly fabricated 2013 NCAA no. national champions. Two we things. Just this is five-time national championships. Sorry, Ross. Five-time national championships. Two, yeah. two things. One, one, you don't wipe your ass with it. You just burn that banner. The number one coaches, you burn that shit. You just set it on fire. But two, I'm so happy I'm going to crap my pants if we get a banner back. Two, That's the problem. I got to wipe. You do not have a new one made. Well, they put they it back have last that, year. They, they have the that, old one back up. They have the original stored away in a very good place, and it will be going back up. It will be going back up to some people's uh, dislike. They don't, they're not going to like it. I don't Suck care it. about them. Suck it. <laughs> you know what was the most infuriating part was on the digital uh boards that they have there at the at the scores table when they would still put up the graphics saying like the national championships and final fours and it was the reduced numbers. To me, that was a huge middle finger to every fan in our yeah. fan base. Like, to me, like I would rather them not put anything, anything. up. Nothing. Than to put two-time national champ. I mean, not, that no. infuriated me more than taking the banners down. Like to put that on our digital boards just no. pissed me off. No, yeah, I'll never. I'm never gonna go. Uh, we uh, gain all no I know, all banners, I know is that. Happen. All I know is that when our banner goes back up, because it is going back up, we will all see it. We already saw us earn it. All right, when it goes back up, I'm gonna be 
walking around with an old school boom box and I'm going to be playing Degeneration X music. Degeneration! And I'm just going to be giving everybody the, to just, just suck it, you know. I'm just going to go everywhere. Just Do we have like, the video? Do we have that video? I'm going to be yeah. doing it live on this episode or on dude it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome like you think people that are around me think i'm enthusiastic about certain things that that will you i will be completely unhinged at that point (laughs) oh man yeah anyway guys i I know like you know we've kind of gone on uh off the rails a little bit but I do want to circle back because this this Saturday is one of the biggest football games that we have ever had in the history of our program. Yeah, and I don't maybe want to the biggest. Of that because we only talked about that very briefly. Um, in yeah, fact, we spent more time on the transfer portal than we did on one of the biggest games that we've ever had in our program. And I feel like that may be a little bit disrespectful to the impact that this game could have uh, for us. And I just want to like – say that like winning this conference championship for me personally would be just a huge deal. I mean, it'd be something as an alum, a third generation alum at that, I would be immensely proud of our school. if We were able to pull this off and something that I would remember for the rest of my life. Um, One of my best friends. Having Jeff back, you know, having Jeff back to coach this team, I mean, just, it would just mean a lot uh, to see that happen. And, uh, I'll pass it to you, Connor, next, and we'll just kind of like mention a few words about what this would, what a win Saturday would mean to each of us individually. I mean, yeah. on, I haven't been around that long, um, but Nuh-uh. but one of one of my best friends being on the team, winning the first ACC championship in the first year under Jeff Brom, after we talked, and I said, "Trust me, you're gonna want to stay." I I I I don't know, like. I don't know how it would feel. I would, I really want to go to Charlotte, but I just can't like, I can't bring myself to drive eight hours to Charlotte and be back at work on Monday. I don't yeah. know if I can do it by myself. Yeah. I don't know if I can do you it. You can find your way onto that pass list. I, Hey, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you could find your way onto that pass list. That I could do. Wait, what do you think, Kyle? Well, it would be – I mean, we've never won a conference championship that required you to play in a championship game, for one. So, to even yeah. be in the game, to be on the big stage, prime time. Now, if you would have asked me before the UK game how I felt, I would say I'm just here for the ride. Whatever happens in this game happens. It's just we're here. And I should still feel that way. But I did mention earlier I do not want us to lose three games in a row, potentially. Because if we lose this game and then we turn around and lose in a bowl game. But what it does, I mean, I think there is a little bit more pressure to win this game now. I'm not going to be as uh, laid back as I would have been. I think now it's like, you know, let's go out there and, and, and we, we got to win this game. And I know it's not going to be easy. But when you look at what's at stake and the national impact it would have, the ripple effect mm-hmm. to win the ACC over an undefeated Florida State, a top four or five team, it the the long term effects, especially with a first year coach. So it wouldn't even be like, well, he came in and he finally had a good year after he was here twelve years. It would be, 
Oh my God. He came in the first year and took the conference by storm. Yep. And that, I mean, and I don't, I'm not buying that. I mean, we're not as good as the top couple of conferences, but the ACC is a good conference. It's not a great conference yeah. this year, but they're better than people give them credit for. They're they're I think that's a better conference this year than it's been the last probably three years. And that's even with Clemson being a bit down. Um, yeah. You've got, you're in a conference with Clemson, Florida State, among Miami. other, North Carolina, Miami, yeah. Virginia Tech with their history. If you can come in here as a quote, air quote basketball school, and I mean, you know, obviously we're struggling in that right now, but that's what we're known as. And you come in here in Coach Brown's first year, you win this conference. I mean – I think that's just the beginning of what's to come, and that's a hell of a landmark to start at. Yeah, um, you know, so for me, you know, I, I, I'm at the point. So you know, I, I, I'm not from here originally. I moved here when I was, uh, you know, younger in middle school. Um, I, I didn't grow up a U of L fan, but I got an opportunity in a very freak way to get tickets for free to go to the U of L Florida state game in 2003 in the monsoon game. And to be a part of that, just somebody that, that just loves it. Dude, just to do what you catch that in the intro. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Um, they, uh... to, to be, to be, to be a part of that um, just as a football fan in general. And then, you know, like also I had slowly been turning a corner to become a UFL fan already because I was a big Rick Patino fan. So football is always my number one love. And as far as sports always will be to be there in that moment and get baptized in that rain and that victory and that in that fashion against Florida State, you know, was just like. I was a I was a I'm a UFL fan for life because of that. So for me. I've 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 gone back and I've watched old games when we weren't even playing in Cardinal Stadium. We were playing the old Cardinal Stadium. A stadium is falling apart. You listen to the stories of Schnellenberger talking about how our stadium smells like crap because there's cows and horses around, you know, and, and just all the stories. I mean, we were giving out we were giving out tickets at Thornton's and Kroger's for free for people to attend. And you look at this now. I mean, it is it it is is so. It, this is such a momentous game to win this. It, it's not an understatement to say it's the most important game, most important could be most important win in all U of L history because every time U of L has been on a, I don't want to say a plateau, but they've been on a, on a threshold, on a foundation, and they get an opportunity to capitalize we generally have. And then that propels us to like the next decade and the next decade and the next decade. And it gets you more talent. It keeps like uh, this, this type of win can mean program changing results in the recruiting on the recruiting field, you know, getting in the transfer portal, it could be a real game changer. So um, I hope we, I'm like I said, I'm not really all that nervous um we always play florida state well we seem to be one of those teams that they just tend to have trouble with like uh you know like we have with certain teams in football Pittsburgh. and basketball yeah i mean so I, I i feel pretty good and i think you know 
it just this could be a big win. So I, I don't know. I know we've got, we've gone pretty long. Appreciate everybody that's been uh, been here and and stayed. But do we want to give predictions? You, you want to hear something yeah, that might make you feel Rodemaker, better? Rodemaker's Rodemaker's out. Yeah, Rodemaker may be out. That that uh, how do we make predictions makes- now? I had a whole idea of what was going to happen in the game. I don't know anything. Now about I don't know what to say. I don't even know who the third string quarterback is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like more excuse making for me for Florida State is what it sounds like. Uh, well, I mean that's that's a their top two quarterbacks being out. Yeah, I know, and it's it, it's legitimate, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I to, to me, I think I think the most physical team's going to win, and I think the team that can put it together for four quarters. I mean, this is just like simple coach basic talk, but. I think Ross, Louisville wins it right now. Is that what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, I know. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to get my prediction chair. right it's now. I think, I think, I think Louisville wins 27-24. I really do. I think, I think we're winning this game, and I think for the fans that are going down there, I, I, w- I wish, I wish it could go. Um, I'd be there cheering my ass off with y'all. But for the fans that are going to go, I think they're going to have a very special, memorable moment. Um, and you can only you can only get it once so so my my, i i don't know if this is true as as rumors are swirling that uh, quarterback tate rodemaker may be out now i could be gamesmanship i mean flat out it could just be like hey let's make this as uh up in there as possible now i don't think that's what that's going on but it also wouldn't surprise me an awesome but awesome I, clip says that he uh, heard a rumor the rod maker may be having lingering concussion issues so well, it's probably the same report he hasn't uh, done 11 on 11 all week he's been seven on seven quarterback but that's it he hasn't done 11 on 11 all well week. that's where i'm confused if it is concu- lingering concussion so you think they wouldn't even yeah he wouldn't I even can, be practicing yeah yeah he so, can you, but you could do seven on sevens. You could do seven on seven like skeleton stuff. Because you don't like get you're touched. not you're not gonna get you can you're not gonna yeah. get hit. So yeah. like so they, that so that it's probably, just it, there's no there's no eleven on eleven. There's no pass rush. There's no there's no worry there. So he could play. He could do that every practice. So so um, what probably happened was they ran him through seven on seven to see if he had those headaches. See if they if he had those lingering concussion. Symptoms. Symptoms. Because yeah. I've I've had two concussions that I know that I've had, many more that I probably went undiagnosed with. Yeah. Um, and I like, I didn't practice for like eight weeks. So and it took me forever. So here's what I don't. I, this was to me. This is the call out game to Ron English for having three subpar. The defense has had three subpar games in a row. Now you got third string quarterback in there. I don't want any excuses. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's Florida State. You've got us in pressure now. It's Florida State. So, you know, it's like they probably have a four-star third-string quarterback who had a ton of high-end offers. So, he's probably got a lot of potential and talent. But he's your third-string guy for a reason. He's not ahead of your other two guys. you got to bring the pressure, man. What I don't want to see is is us laying back there, playing some sort of – well, you know, he's inexperienced, so I can get away with only rushing four guys and dropping oh, everybody else. Back. And we've seen that happen more often than not when a quarterback's inexperienced. I felt like that Calandria kid at Virginia, like we just let him go rough shit. The Jackson kid at IU had no experience hardly. We didn't bring pressure on him, and he killed us in the second half because of that. Bring the pressure. Make this person beat you on the big stage and make quick decisions like 
I just, man, that almost puts more pressure on us in a way because it's like, are you really going to let this team come in there with a third string quarterback if that's what happens and, and I, beat you? Like they're going to ride man. Trey Benson. They're going to ride him the entire. Well, that's game. where you got to key in and bring pressure, not only to stop the quarterback, stack the box, stack the box on him. Easier said than done at times. That's where tackling comes in, and that's where Alderman in particular, man, you get back there and you're in position a lot. You got to wrap up, man. You got to make that tackle. I saw it against Miami twice. I saw it against UK multiple times. Him in particular, but the linebackers really need to get back there and make the tackle, wrap up, play disciplined football. I'm looking at, I was already calling out the defense for this game, but if that's the case and Rodemaker's out, you guys have absolutely no excuse. Well, and, and one more thing, too. Uh, well, actually, two things. Sorry. Uh, Lawson, uh, yes, I believe you're absolutely right in your comment there. Brownlee being out, uh, we have been less aggressive um, in our pressure uh, since he's been out. I, I do believe that when he, he was locking up that other side, that that gives, you know, that gives you some opportunity to, uh, you know, you got Riley on one side and Brownlee on the other. You know, it's gives you opportunity to bring more pressure, you know, up in that box. So because you feel confident about your guys that are uh, defending the, you know, the stretch of the field. So um, I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, secondly, uh, well, crap, I rambled on. I forgot my point. Somebody go, Doctor. somebody take over. I'll think of it again. <laughs> well, we were giving predictions. Oh, man. You have a prediction, Kyle? This throws a wrench in it. It does. I don't, you know, I don't really want to make a prediction without looking at this quarterback more. If the, if it's him, it's just hard to know. I literally don't know who your third string guy is. I don't know what kind of, is he, is he dual threat? It's brought, his name is Brock Glenn and he has 35 yards passing this year. He but that is, doesn't tell me. I mean, he might just, he just, that might just mean he hasn't played very much. I mean, Pierce Carson's probably got 35 yards passing. He has, he has thrown three passes all year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So that doesn't – I don't know anything about him. I'll have to look up – I don't know. It's kind of like the Pittsburgh quarterback. I had to go look up high school highlights just to even know what kind of quarterback. I thought you went and broke the vase so you could find out information. But He killed us, by the way. <laughs> I broke the vase. Um, <laughs> oh, the comment vase. So, oh, that shit was – dude, that's golden, dude. So he was the number 21 quarterback in the country last year. He might have talent then. Yeah, number 21 quarterback or number 21 in the country? Like 21 total. quarterback in the oh, country. Oh, I thought you were saying – I thought you were saying 21 overall player. No, right? no, no, no. 21 quarterback in the oh, country. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I thought of it. Um, elite 11, 4,500 yards of total offense um, his, in high school. So and what's the other your point I was – uh, yeah, there's no film. I can't like. You gotta give a prediction. Ross is the only one prediction. on the. It doesn't. You can't. Like, how do you do Se that? I know it's hard. Seventeen thirteen. It's not a okay. life changing. Seventeen thirteen in a rain game in Charlotte, Louisville wins. There you go. There you go. I was gonna. All I was gonna say that my other point was, you know, we've seen this line, this betting line, moving all week. It's moved three points. Maybe that's because Vegas has already had a tip off on Rodemaker not playing. It's at one and a half now. 
It went yeah. from five and a half to one and so a half real quick. You see how it's you see how it's reflecting? Like now it's hit the public, like it's moving. So I mean, maybe Vegas was already tipped off, you know. So I I, I it is I have, what it is, but I have a Vegas story that uh we're not gonna talk about tonight. Yeah. What do you think, Ash? Yeah. Well, here's my prediction. Oh, it didn't say anything. I just saw the you yeah, couldn't read the graphic. I read it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was going to be a sound, but yeah, no, there's no, uh, there's no sound clip. It's just like uh, I think we're going to win the game now uh, with this guy in there because I think they are going to bring pressure. Um, I'm going to say we're going to win 27-17. Okay, so I'm I, pretty I, close I, to you, Ross. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, we, and I'll just, I'll just go back on it. I, I think we're going to win 27-24. Uh, and you know, I, that's, I think there will be points scored. I think both teams are going to be able to put up some points. I, I don't think it'll be just like a, a you know, a, a big 10 game. I don't think it'll be like that, but, um, you know, what is Ty on here? Is What's Ty thing? Five star, five star, five star hey. in my book. All right. <laughs> Good prediction, Ty. Yeah, I, I hope he's not talking about the quarterback. Uh, yeah, oh, the God. Uh, our quarterback is he set us up on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know about you All guys, right, but uh, I, I think, think uh, you know we're, we're over two hours right now, and, and yeah, I'm, it's time I'm for not, me to go to bed. Shit, time for me to go to bed. Uh, by the way, guys, we haven't really said it. Of course, we always forget. We get wrapped up in conversation. But if you're still with us and you have not liked and subscribed, please like the video for the algorithm so other people can see it come up in their search that may not know about us yet, just so they can know. And then uh, subscribe if you haven't yet and you like the content you hear. And then if you you know we come on. Usually every Wednesday at nine, but you might want to hit those notification bells because, like, to, tonight we came on because of the game last night. Yeah, last game. yeah. So that does happen. Or maybe we have something come up where we have to cancel sometimes. So, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, I appreciate you guys being here with us. And we continue to grow as a channel. And we would like to hear now we got more people. We, we, we suggested, like, hey, what, what do you want to talk about? Or what type of ideas would you like? on the pod we haven't gotten a whole lot of feedback when i did that in the past but we have like 150 subscribers so we've got a bit more than that now um and just let us know man we'll, we'll put some comments we'll, down there constructive on criticism, yeah criticism positive feedback things you would like to see or hear about let us know That's yeah i mean dro like drop go on twitter you know put you know write us on uh on our twitter uh page uh at third banner pod uh, you know, we're on Facebook. You can find us on there. Drop comments in the in the pods that you're listening to, whether it's on YouTube or, you know, just leave us some comments. Leave, Give us some feedback. You know, we're we're always here. We, we want to provide good content and uh, we always appreciate all y'all tuning in. So, yeah, simply just leave us a little note on the uh, on this video uh, on the comment field, not in the chat. Uh, and that we'll see it there. I always go back and look at all our comments that we get on each video. Uh, just to make sure we're not missing anything if somebody did leave us something that we need to catch. So, and I know Kyle goes back and reads those as well. So, uh, Steve, we, we, do, we do bring uh, we do bring subscribers yeah, on sometimes as guests, uh, post game like shows, post -game, post game shows in particular. But a lot of people are kind of shy to get on, but we we brought some people on, so mm -hmm. and we'll continue to do that. So, absolutely, you know, what do you got to, say to, to end the show? 
You already know. Go cards, go Kroger, and baby. Go cards. <laughs>